Meet Bob Olson. Bob's the author of Answers About the Afterlife and the host of Afterlife TV. A private investigator who began investigating life after death in 1999, Bob now records his interviews with experts, authors, and people who've had extraordinary experiences so he can share it all with you. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Bob Olson here with Afterlife TV. You can find us at afterlifetv.com. This is where we talk about life after death and answer the meaningful questions you have around that subject. I want to thank our sponsor, Best Psychic Directory. You can find them at bestpsychicdirectory.com. And this is where you'll locate over 800 psychics and mediums and tarot readers and energy healers right there in one location where you can search by state, country, or even specialty. So I uh, recommend that you go to bestpsychicdirectory.com. Now, welcome back, everybody, because uh, I'm excited to be here. It's been a little bit of a delay, right? It's been quite some time since we've had a new episode, and I can't tell you how happy I am to be back. I want to explain to you uh, where I've been before we get into the main subject of today's episode, which is an interview with Jennifer Farmer, a medium and intuitive that I've known for, I think, about eight years or more. And she has created a new meditation program. Uh, this is both on CD and MP3 that allows the listener to work through their grief by connecting with their loved ones in spirit. It's a beautiful meditation that I have done myself. Absolutely loved it. And I know that for any of you who are open to this, you're going to really, you're going to love it too. Even more than that, uh, the things that Jennifer and I talk about in this interview go far beyond just talking about the CD. Well, Jennifer has some incredible advice to offer to anybody who is dealing with the loss of a loved one. A lot of it from her personal experience. I think you'll gain from it. I think you'll benefit from it. And I really look forward to you listening to that. But first, let's talk about where I've been and what has caused a delay in new episodes for the past six months, I think, uh, or more. It's kind of an extraordinary story, and I think it definitely has lessons within it that are related to the subject matter of this show. So uh, I think it's important for not only me to explain to you well, where I've been, but also it's important because it teaches all of us, myself included, some lessons that I think could be life-changing to the right people. As you know, I changed the format of the show. So I was kind of on a roll there and excited about it and having fun with this new format show. And then something happened. May 3rd is my birthday. So May 3rd came. Melissa gave me a new keyboard. It's a really cool keyboard. It's called a Quirky Writer. You can find that online, quirkywriter.com. Basically, it's a Bluetooth-capable keyboard that looks like the keys of an old typewriter. It has the round keys, the clickety-clack sound, the tactile feeling of typing with these keys under, under your fingertips. I was really excited about it because I do a lot of writing, and I've always loved old typewriters. And so this is sort of a combination of putting the two together without actually having to type on an old typewriter. So she gives me this keyboard and I'm excited to just play with it. I just thought, oh, you know, what am I going to write so that I can just play around? I remembered this story that I always thought would make a good novel. It was something that happened in my life. In fact, it was something that happened that changed my life. So I wanted to share that with other people, but I wanted to make a fictional story out of it so that I could also teach some lessons that I learned around it. So only knowing a few simple events that happened in the main character's life, I sat down and used that as the basis for writing this story. Now, in the past, 
I had always wanted to write a novel and did all my research, took courses on it, read books about it. And uh, that actually was a big mistake for me because the more I learned, the more overwhelmed I got. There's so many rules that you have to follow and things that you have to keep in mind that once I would get into the outline process of outlining the chapters of my book, I basically got overwhelmed and, and would just stop. And I did that a few times over the course of my life and to the point where I kind of, even though I still wanted to write fiction, I kind of stopped thinking about it. Well, come last May, now I decide just because I want to play with this keyboard that I'm going to write this fictional story and I'm going to not show it to anybody. And because I wasn't going to show it to anybody, I threw out all the rules. I knew I didn't have to worry about them. This was just for me. This was just for playing. So I sat down, I started typing this thing out and this story started to unfold and characters with quite a lot of depth started to come out onto the page and they were interacting with other, with each other. And I just kept writing and I wrote for about eight hours until I was just starving. I had to eat and I had to call it quits for the day. The next morning I woke up, I actually woke up thinking about these characters and I was excited to learn what was going to happen if I started writing again. So I went back to the keyboard and started writing and the same thing happened all over again. The story deepened. It went off in directions that I could never have imagined. And new characters were, were coming into the story as it was unfolding. Some people might call this inspired writing. And, you know, I used to do inspired writing when I was earlier in my investigations of life after death. And it was basically the idea of sitting in front of a keyboard, or you could just do this with pen and paper, asking a question and allowing your spirit guides to inspire you with the answer to whatever that question was. And what I would do, I would, I would do it at a keyboard. And then whatever the answer to the question was that I typed out, it would, it would flood into my mind and I would type it out before I even had a chance to really think about it. So I knew it wasn't my intellect that was giving me the answer. It was what I believed was inspired by spirit. Well, I did that. And that was something that I did for a while, many years ago. So here I am, basically the same process. I'm just open to playing with this new keyboard and the story comes through me. It's a very natural, organic experience and it was fun. And so then the third morning I did the same thing. I woke up, I couldn't wait to get back to the keyboard to see what was going to happen with those characters. Well, I wrote something at the end of the book that um, I'm looking at here that sort of tells about this story. And it says, as I wrote, my mind was suddenly flooded with ideas, storylines, characters, and teachings flowed out of me as if they were being poured into my head. Stories unfolded all that day and the next and the next for 28 consecutive days. Melissa normally encourages me not to work on the weekends, yet on the first Saturday, she said to me, I assume you're going to write this weekend, so I'm going to make plans for myself. We both recognized that something special was happening with this book, so both she and I wanted to let it flow. I wrote every day, both on weekends and weekdays, until the manuscript was completed. It was especially surprising to us that I wrote the book spontaneously because almost exactly one year prior, I felt ready to write a new book, but I wasn't drawn toward anything in particular. I thought, well, it's almost summer. Maybe a topic will come to me during the course of the summer. It didn't. Then I thought maybe in the fall, it didn't. And then it didn't come in the winter either. Finally, about a year later in late spring, I got my birthday present, the keyboard, and I played with it simply for fun and out popped this book. I'm very excited about this book. I love what it teaches. It's one of those teaching books. If you read The Celestine Prophecy by James Redfield or The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman, or even The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, 
although that is more of a parable than the other two. If you read any of those books, you recognize that, yes, it's a story, but it also teaches you something along the way. And that's how this book turned out. It wasn't anything I planned, obviously. It just, that's what poured out of me. It's a, it's a fun story in itself, but the teachings within it are basically what I learned about life by investigating life after death. And that's why I think it's such an important book. Um, some amazing things have taken place because of it, and only a few people have read it, but everyone who's read it had a transformational experience by reading it. It became very personal to them and, and very important to them. It did get shared within a few people in my community, meaning my friends and, and some family members and some authors that I know. And it ended up in the hands of a movie producer that I know who just a few weeks ago came to me and asked if her production company could make a movie about it. So that's exciting as well, but it's all part of the magic of whatever this, whatever is this whole book is it, 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 there's something magical about it and there's something magical taking place. And I don't know what it is. I just feel like I'm along for the ride. That's what it feels like. As a result, yeah, it took me the whole month of May to write it, but since then has been the process of editing. And if anybody has ever written anything and had it edited, they know that can be a very long process. I hired an editor who then, you know, reads through the book and says, you know, look, this part. Uh, I didn't understand that well. You could better explain this. Or over here is a character that I wanted to learn more about. And so I would go back to the book based on all these comments and fill out the book in ways to make it better understandable, um, more interesting, and bring more life to some of the characters that needed it. This takes time, and it's a lot of back and forth. And here we are. I'm finally at the final stage where we're giving it to somebody who has never read it before, who can proofread it and proofreading just being looking for those miss any misspellings, any extra spaces, you know, anywhere. Maybe I wrote, you know, the word the twice, <laughs> you know, those crazy mistakes that once you've read it a couple of times, you can't see those anymore. And that's where we are with it now. I'm also working with the movie producer who's worked in Los Angeles and now has an office in London and we're having weekly meetings and I'm working on the script for them. So this is a whole new experience for me. Anyways, it's, it's fun. It's exciting. The lesson that was in it for me that I'd like to share with you, because it probably, it might apply to your own life, is that the only reason this book was born is because I took the time to play. I took the time to throw out all the rules and just allow something to come through me. I allowed myself to be inspired and I allowed my creative, intuitive part of me to override the, the left brain part of me that wanted to write the outline and make sure that I followed all the rules. And because of that, something extraordinary, I think, happened. And now I'm, I'm just along for the ride. And it's been a lot of fun. Now, this is, this is the story I tell myself based on everything that I've learned about the afterlife. I believe that my spirit guides were trying to get this book out for a long time. But because I thought I had to do it using all the rules and writing out the outline, I, I never got very far. So all of a sudden, here I am playing, not intending anybody will ever read this. And my spirit guides, I imagine them talking to one another going, here's our opportunity. Let's push this through him. And hopefully he'll recognize that there's something significant, something special going on here. And, and that's certainly what happened. If there's anything we can take away from this, I think it's that we need to be more playful. Because I believe that by being more playful, we are allowing spirit to work through us. And when we allow spirit to work through us by being playful, we become more creative beings. And I really think that's one of the reasons that we're here. 
is to create. Whatever that may be, it can mean a million different things from creating children to creating art, to creating homes, to creating businesses. But I believe that all starts from inspiration and we get inspiration by being open. And I think we become open by being playful. So use this story, use my experience in the past six months as a catalyst to allow you to be more playful in a conscious way. I should just finish by saying that if you're interested in being one of the first people to find out when the book is going to be released, then if you just join our newsletter on Afterlife TV, there'll certainly be a spot for it uh, in the show notes, but you can also just see it right there on afterlifetv.com. Join the newsletter and you will certainly be one of the first people to find out about the new book. Everybody, Bob Olson here with Afterlife TV again. You're back, and I'm happy to have you. I got a special guest for you today who's actually in studio. This happens very rarely. Hasn't happened since we started with the new format. And here we are. So excited to have Jennifer Farmer. She's actually on bestpsychicmediums.com, where I write about some of my favorite readings ever. And she gave me an intuitive reading that absolutely blew my mind and was very exciting because I thought it was extraordinary. And this was back eight years ago. Since then, she does still does amazing intuitive work, but also does a lot of mediumship. And one of her passions is meditation. And we're going to have her explain that. So welcome, Jennifer. Thanks for being on Afterlife TV. Thanks, Bob. It's great being here. Well, I tell you what, I think it's interesting that you have such a passion for meditation. And I'm curious as to why that is, if you could sort of tell us what it is about meditation that you've been drawn to for so long. Well, uh, first of all, I'm really high strung. I'm a person that has a very busy mind and it can be uncomfortable. It's not a place of peace to be busy. And in my world, I'm always uh, looking for ways to be more connected, more at peace. And years ago, oh, oh, I'd say probably more than 15 years ago, it was suggested to me that I learn how to meditate. And I was like, I'll try anything to get my head to shut up. And in that process, I started um, with, a, with a little kitchen timer for five minutes, and I focused on a couple of words. And through that development of just focusing on the breath and relaxing the body, I began to have feel more peace in my life. I began to feel more connected in my day. And I didn't really understand meditation and what it was. It was new to me, but I was willing to try anything to get my brain to calm down. And so... When I saw the benefits of that were someone like me who's high strung, who's got a lot of activity, very busy, hyper, when I saw the benefits of how that changed me personally, how I related to life, how I related to myself, and how I could be more focused on what I wanted to do in a day, I really wanted to pass that on. Yeah. It makes sense. You know, I mean, I recognize that from my own life when I've had incredible experiences no matter what that was, usually in, in the spiritual field of some sort, when I was investigating life after death, and then I would have an experience in the course of that, I couldn't wait to just share it with other people. You know, you find something that blows your mind and changes your life in some way. And people like you and I, I think just tend to, oh my God, if I've had this experience and it helped me in so many ways, then I want other people to be able to have that as well. And so we share it with others and that's what you do. And so interesting now for a long time, you were giving, uh, you were doing 
mediumship and meditation, right? Uh, workshops kind of. Yeah, it was an evening of meditation and messages from the spirit world. And that's how it started out, how I really began to introduce meditation as a therapeutic tool to bring calmness, to bring clarity. And little did I know it would just sort of take off into this whole med- meditation expression. And uh, I'm really happy that people are drawn to meditation. People are getting more familiar with meditation now. It becomes more like I need something to calm down and get centered because it's so busy. There's so much of a uh, right now kind of lifestyle we all have. We're really only working at half of a um, half of our potential because we're not activating our inner self. I feel like that's why people are looking for to feel more fulfilled in their life. And, and truthfully, the, the only way you can get more fulfilled is to go within. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I should do more of it. And uh, one of the reasons I don't is because I prefer guided meditation. And, you know, most of my audience knows this already about me. For those who don't know, guided meditation is simply when you listen, it can be in person or it can be using some kind of audio program where the person sort of tells me, do this, do that, you know, breathe in, breathe out, or it creates a visualization for me to follow and allows me to just, it might, this is the way I look at it. My intellect focuses on what they're saying and it allows the other part of me, sort of maybe that intuitive part to just do whatever it wants to do, go wherever it wants to go, because my intellect, my, what most people might think of as the conscious mind, isn't focused on other things. It's only focused on that one guidance that, that the person is giving me. Now I listened to, I've listened to several of your programs for meditation and they're all guided meditation and I love them. But what I will say about them is some people have a voice for this. Some people don't. And, uh, you really do. I, because I've listened to so many over the years, uh, and I, I just listened to one yesterday that we're going to talk about that I think is extra special, but wow, it's like you were made for this. You know, I, I, I always thought that about Brian Weiss too. Brian, Brian has a great voice for bringing people into meditation and you have this really soothing, calming voice when you're doing these and did you know that about yourself? <laughs> I had no idea. All I knew is that um, the things that I heard people complain about, like, I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. I said, well, let me help you, right? So let me just walk you through a couple of techniques and we'll, and we'll do it. And it wasn't until I got into the studio and I sat in front of the mic, I was like, wow, what happened? I was, where did that voice come from? It wasn't something... And, that I knew or was familiar that I had. And there's a shift that happened in my voice. It's almost some level of a spiritual kind of movement that happened within me uh, when I got in front of the mic. And I was like, wow, that's okay. I'm not a singer, but I can sure talk my way through it. Yeah. I I believe in the the vibration of our voices have a special power within themselves. Sound is, is really, really powerful in our lives more than I think a lot of people recognize. But the sound of a voice it just has its own signature and it's kind of a soul signature and, uh, and what you're doing, especially in a program like a guided meditation is you're using the vibration of your own voice, uh, to help people get into the, the state that is intended with these, a, med- a meditative state. And, you know, look for people who are kind of intimidated by that word meditation, it's just a relaxed state. It's a relaxed state of mind. I tried your latest CD or MP3, however you people want to buy it. And I tried it yesterday and oh my goodness, I just went into this. Well, you saw me, I came out. I was a little bit of a zombie for a while, right? Yes. I was like, wow, what's up, Bob? (laughs) It's like you'd had a Valium and you didn't even know that's what you had. That's right. So you're kind of selling a digital Valium is what we're doing here. Yeah. That's exactly (laughs) right. I'm not sure that's legal. Uh, But no, it was beautiful. It was just really calming, wonderful. And I I attribute a lot of it to, one, uh, the sound of your voice, the vibration that comes from it. Also, you know, you you really carefully plan out what it is that you say and how you say it and where you lead people in these. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, my goal really is in each meditation that I do is to really take people on a journey. And every life circumstance 
within us, we have an inner journey of healing that we can go into to let our soul lead us uh, to a place of peace. And in this particular one, uh, and I actually, this came to me in June, whenever we experienced such terrible trauma with uh, the Orlando shootings. Mm. And a couple of weeks after that, we had the Dallas shootings. I was really um, overwhelmed by the suffering that I was feeling personally in my, in, in my neighborhood. I live in Florida and it was something that you could tell everybody was in a state of grief. Yeah. And grief for us as a human race, grief as us as we've lost people, grief for humanity in that way. And I was, I was really stricken with the desire to serve in some way. I wanted to do something positive and allow take my negative energy or my pain about that and really bring it into a way to help others find, find peace in the suffering that we're all walking through as um, in the state of humanity. And the vision for this particular track was um, to get out of the storm of grief and, you know, walk into the light of a rainbow and to let the, um, find a way to let grief uh, raise up out of us so that we can feel connected to life in a better and more connected way. And, and connect with the other side, the, the, I've heard it said in so many beautiful ways, the higher side of life. And that's one of the things you allow people to do in this. I just backtrack a little bit. You, you live in Florida. Yes. You mentioned the Dallas shooting. Yes. Um, you grew up in Texas. I am a Fort Worth girl. Yeah. So here you had boom, boom, two things, you know, this is the way the, this is the way the universe works in my mind. Two things happen. It hits you, it hits home for you. Uh, in a, a way that maybe it wouldn't have happened if it didn't happen, if it happened in two other locations, it does this. And not that this is all about you, those shootings, obviously not. It's about, it has something for everybody. And for you, you were able to turn this negative thing into something positive by being inspired to create this particular I'll call it a CD right yeah, now, but yeah. MP3 and this audio. And uh, what, what is the name of it? What's the title of it? It's Healing Grief Meditation Practice. Healing Grief Meditation Practice. Uh, walk us through it a little bit. There's there's three tracks, correct? There's an introduction track that yep. really introduces the idea that um, we're going to explore world beyond what we can see. Wonderful. And to, truly, to really let, help people know that there's nothing to be afraid of. Mm. So I really take a little time on talking about the power of the spirit world, but I wanted to mention one little thing that I, I about kind of the building of this particular track is uh, I had a gallery that was planned where I'm going to give messages to the spirit world at the end of June. And I was sort of preparing for that through the grief. And I was like, I am overwhelmed. I want to make sure I'm in a good place to uh, prepare for this gallery. And the day before that, I'd entered into kind of a meditation state myself. And oddly enough, I felt the presence of the young men and women that had passed in Orlando. And of course, I was panicked. I was like, oh, my God, if they come tomorrow at that gallery, I'm going to burst out in tears. I won't be able to contain myself. Yeah. And it was like they were reaching out to me to let me know that they were there and that it was OK. And I didn't really know where that was going to take me. But it's like I felt a calling from the other side um, from the spirit world to communicate that in some way, yeah. that there's still a way to reach us because a lot of people did not get to say goodbye. There was no closure. There was no, there was a, there was no last phone calls. Right. It was, you know, you, you get the phone call and now the, the person who you were looking forward to having, you know, breakfast with the next morning, that's now disappeared. Yeah. And so track one really talks a, a little bit about the spirit world, about the death of a loved one is so profoundly painful. And for many people, it is a life shift. There's all these questions that begin to happen, meaning, who am I now? How do I relate to my life? Will I get over it? And in that thunderstorm of pain, which is really what grief is, there is a helping hand from beyond that wants to help us, that we are not alone, that they want to help us 
our loved ones, our spirit friends, they want to help us through that grief. Just as like if we passed today, we'd want to help our people on this side. We would want to find a way to reach them, to let them know the things that we love them and that that we uh, have not forgotten them. So I always think everybody's like, well, do they want to talk to me? I'm like, of course they do. If you're dead, you want to talk to them too because you don't want to see your loved ones in pain. Yeah. And so... In that track one, I talk a little bit about the safety. It's okay to explore that. Track two is really for beginners that are going through just grief in, in, in general, meaning an introduction to what it feels like to enter into a, 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 an altered state where you can open up to the spirit realm. It's very calm. It's very relaxing. It's very much like what you said. It's in a place where it's safe to explore what's, what's within you, but it is connected to beyond you. Mm, right. Yeah. And that's really um, a, a track to introduce the concept, to really give you a chance to explore uh, healing grief in a general way. Uh, and then track three is where we actually going to invite the spirit world and our loved ones and that are in spirit to join us in that um, mind practice and give them a chance to work with us, work on our consciousness, work in our energy to let us know that they are with us and that we're going to heal together. Right. Yeah. 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 And and I went through that experience. It's beautiful. It's profound. It's sacred. A very moving experience. And one of the reasons I was so excited that you happened to come here and I said, look, we got to talk about this new audio program to help people through their grief using meditation because on, on the program, because you know, so many people who listen to Afterlife TV are have lost someone and they're going through this deep pain and suffering because they're feeling the loss. And, you know, I, I always say about a grief, what you know, what I know, the spirit world exists. We know it. It's a knowing for us. We've had so many experiences. We've seen so much evidence. I mean, you literally have talked with people in spirit. Um, but when we lose someone, we still miss their physical presence. Every day. We still miss being able to hug them. Yes. We miss their companionship. There's nothing we can do about that. But thousands and thousands of people who have, who, who have been a part of my audience in one way or another have let me know that understanding and learning and getting from a place of belief to knowing that there is an afterlife still brings them a sense of comfort and peace that they did not have before. If we don't know that they exist, if we don't know that they're okay, if we're wondering, do they, are they anywhere? And if they are, are they still suffering? Or, you know, all those questions that people have, when you take that all away, it's much easier to deal with the loss of their companionship and their presence because you don't have all that other stuff. Yes. The regret for not being good enough, for not getting to say goodbye, the feelings that uh, you could have done something different, or maybe, you know, you didn't, maybe you had an argument with your loved one before they passed. That in itself, the, the invisible layer of grief that nobody wants to talk about. Uh, we all want to pretend it's not there because we don't want to drag on, you know, we want to be positive people. But the truth is, it is the elephant in the room. Grief is the element in the room is how do I live knowing that my loved one's on the other side and how do I get comfortable with that? Yeah. How do I relate to that? How do I? And so this particular CD, the way I wrote this was not just to for us to feel the release of guilt and grief and regret and emptiness that comes from a sense of loss. I call it, it's just a change in relationship. Right. So, and I'm one of those people that, you know, my father passed unexpectedly. And we'd had somewhat of a, you know, somewhat of a, you know, an argument b before he passed. And so for me, it was, it took me 12 years to figure out how to feel loved and feel enough in this world without having that scent, that scar yes. of regret on my heart that did he know I loved him mm. because mm. of that. And so through this practice, there's an introduction to open yourself up to release, to have a way to naturally release your 
grief, to your regret, your pain, your suffering, and then allow uh, the power of the spirit world to kind of touch in your consciousness and into the greatness that we all are. It's like it's like the power that runs a you know an ocean. It's the power that moves the the, the clouds. We can't always articulate what that is, but what we know is there's an energy of force that is here to support us. And in this meditation, I give you a chance to kind of sit in that. And then through that raising of our awareness of uh, we're entering to a field of the unknown, uh, we invite the presence of us spirit friends and our loved ones to be with us. And it gives you a chance to feel how that would sit on your consciousness and give them a chance to interact with us. And, you know, it's not always, you know, immediate. Sometimes, um, and I know for me when I practiced it, some of the things that I experienced in there, it wasn't, it wasn't anything that hit me until the next morning. Yeah. And I realized that the grief I had been carrying was so deep within me, I didn't even know it was there. Like, I was like, wow, it's like somebody took a load off my heart that I'd, that I, it, I'd, be gotten, I'd gotten so used to it that it'd become a part of who I was. Yeah. And so when, it, when I left it sort of in the rainbow, right, right. Uh, in the next morning, it's like I had a new sense of self that was restored in that process. So my hope is that people will, um, that are really struggling in their life and there was a grief and it usually, there's nothing more painful than losing a loved one. I really, I, you know, you can step on my toe and pull my hair and I can get over that. But the feeling of loss sometimes can be overwhelming in such a way that we're not effective or we're not productive and we can't be who we were created to be because it sort of stands in the way of uh, us feeling safe to move forward. Right. Well, I, lo I love the fact, I love it when I see uh, guests that I've had on the show who have created something like you've created this and then used it themselves. It's a, it's a great benefit. You know, there's a lot of people who create things and then they just hope people will buy them. This is something that you actually created, used it your, on your own, saw the benefits and now are looking forward to sharing it with other people. I am too. Let me just, how can people get this? It's in two formats, is it? Right. So right now, um, I just loaded it this week. Celebrate. I just loaded it on my website. You can get the digital download today. Uh, and then the uh, CD, you can order the CD or the digital download. Uh, and you can have it shipped right to your house. Oh, it's beautiful. And by the time this actually airs, It'll, it'll all be out there for yeah. you. Um, where can they go to find out, uh, you know, more about it and, and where can they get it? Jenniferfarmer.com. Pretty easy. Yes. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, and it's got the beautiful butterfly on it, you know, which is such a symbol of transformation uh, and such a powerful visualization of what we can be from a, from a painful place is that we can learn to spread our wings. But we have to let go of the guilt and the... Uh, pain that we hold that really keeps us from doing that. So, you know, do you mind sharing that story that you shared with me this morning about the butterflies and why they're, they're so oh, powerful for yeah. you? So um, I was really scared to kind of explain share my gifts with the world. And, and I knew that I was, I was really pushed to do it. And, uh, I cried for a month really, because I knew I needed to make the change, but I was so afraid. And, Every day when I would come home from my regular corporate job, there would be like a swarm of butterflies at my front door. And I go, wow, that's interesting. And through that time, it was about 30 to 45 days, I literally. And this was like in almost in the winter time. So there's not a really wow. a place for butterflies there, right? So swarms of butterflies would... Um, greet me at the door. It's kind of like, wow, there was a magnetic force of love saying, hey, hey, are you listening? Are you paying attention? And so, and then after I made the shift, look, you know, the bat, you know, they went on to somebody else's front door. They don't, you know, they, I was like, where's my butterflies? They haven't showed up in a while. And so this morning <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, butterfly that's actually on the cover of our, of this CD was on the front porch step this morning. This morning. It was remarkable. Yeah. And it, for me, that's a sign from spirit. I always believe that even if you're not a believer into the spirit world, they will leave us signs and messages to say, hello, do you know we're here? And it's really, are you open to explore the power of what's beyond us that's wanting to help us lead happier, fulfilling lives? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, you know, I, I, I was, I was the first person to see that butterfly and I thought, I don't, you you know, we see, well, obviously we have butterflies around, but there's this particular one that I love, which is absolutely gorgeous. I don't know what it's called, but it it's kind of black with this, this iridescent blue in it and absolutely gorgeous. And he's flying around the front porch and, and Jennifer's here. And I, you know, I know her symbol is the butterfly. You can't go to a website and not know that. So I called you guys in, you That's and Melissa. Great. I was and, like, I wanted to jump up and down like, what? Oh my God, they're at the front door again. This is a good sign. <laughs> that's right. I was I was pretty excited about it too. Uh, that's great. So now I, what I all I want to do is I just want to add, so you are a medium. Yep. You, you give mediumship readings. The article that I wrote was about uh, a psychic or an intuitive reading, whatever you want to call it. People know what a mediumship reading is. You communicate with people in spirit. It's great. I think it's obviously everybody knows. I think that's very valuable. I don't talk that much about psychic or intuitive readings. Yours was very special because you sort of ran, ran me through different categories in my life and looked into those categories. I don't know if you probably have a better word for it of my life and sort of informed me with them. And, and I'll just, I'll just say, and I said it to you this morning, Jennifer, but I'll say to the audience, one of the things I love about intuitive readings is that not be, not that I listen to what psychics tell me I need to be doing or anything else. I am just confirming what my own inner wisdom is already telling me. So when I feel like, oh, I'm not really sure my, I'm not sure what my in intuition is telling me. It's hard for me to tell the difference between what's in my, my mind, my intellect, or what's intuitive. Sometimes when I get to that place, I love a psychic or an intuitive reading. And then when I get the reading and the psychic is telling me things that I now recognize and they resonate as true for me because I was thinking the same thing, but I didn't trust myself. That's to me is the power of having one of these readings. Tell us a little bit about an intuitive reading uh, that you give, because I thought it was extra special. Well, first of all, I'm really glad that you're open to intuitive readings because they're so they they can be very helpful in rediscovering yourself after the the passing of a loved one because you have to change your identity there's so many questions about that and there's such an because everything is unfamiliar in change right it's supposed to be unfamiliar because it's new um and it's usually uncomfortable because you haven't found an anchor yet uh, intuitive readings give three things they give a new perspective Mm. on things. They give an insight of potential of where things can go. And then there's a validating factor. And if you're going to get an intuitive reading, you're going to want to really have that connection with that person. It's a little bit different than a mediumship because mediumship is all about the connection with the loved one for the evidence that they are with you there. But an intuitive reading is all about you. It's all about where you're at, about where you've been and where you're going and what the outlook is for that can be communicated spiritually. We all have a spiritual aura, mentally, where we are in our mind, emotionally, career, relationships, all of that has an energetic force. And with an intuitive reading, it, you should be able to walk away with some sort of um, validation, new perspective, and potentially something you haven't considered mm. that, that is a, um, a milestone or a checking point for yourself. And I really agree with you. Uh, psychic readings are not meant to you know, predict the future, but what they do offer is potential outcomes based on the energy patterns that that particular person is seeing. You know, everybody always laughs, you know, you're going to go get the lottery numbers or play the horse track. Well, occasionally I do, uh, but that's not the purpose of an intuitive reading. I always find them to be, if you're using them the way they were meant to be, you should use that as a um, guidance for yourself, not necessarily a, a rule book for your next step forward. Yeah. And I love to think of it, uh, the metaphor of it's, it's like a snapshot through the, the window, your windshield yes. of your vehicle that is your body. And it's a snapshot in time, in that moment in time. Now you take a left turn or a right turn, which is your free will making those choices. Now it's a different picture, right? Correct. So, you know, it can change the moment. I, I've seen this with people. They'll get an intuitive reading and something that was said in that reading changed the way they thought, changed their choices. And the moment they hung up, 
it was the prediction was different because they changed. It's correct, and, and which is beautiful. Yes, uh, it, it, and it can, and as long as we all understand that a prediction is not something that's set in stone, and, and that's the way it's going to go. It's a snapshot in time. Uh, beautiful. Now, uh, one of the things that you did, and again, I want to say it was eight years ago or yeah. something, but um, it, it was kind of new at that time. I think more people uh, have adopted the the same sort of technique uh, nowadays, but for me, it was new and I had already had hundreds of readings by that time. But you you do the intuitive reading, but if somebody in spirit shows up and they just want to kind of add to something that you said, you allow them to do that. Oh, yeah. I, I thought that was, do you still do that? Oh, yeah. So, because um, it's a different it's a different field of perspective yeah. and because there's something coming from a different source other than what that person who's sitting in front of me or I'm talking to, what I'm reading from them in a psychic level or an intuitive level. Remember, psychic is just a knowing or a feeling without logic. Interesting. Right? It's I like not that. necessarily just a crystal ball going out there. It's just a, it's like reading a book. Everybody's got a book within them, somewhat of a story to tell. And I just naturally have an ability to do that. But with um, the spirit world, they're all about their story. Yeah. They're all about their story in the afterlife. And I want to mention one thing about the Healing Grief CD is what can be really important in the healing with the spirit world. The purpose was that is to help you understand and help me understand that we can create a new understanding and a new relationship with that loved one mm. in the spirit world. And I know that, you know, in my family, uh, my my father, whom I am so soul connected to today, he was instrumental in um, where I met today, and that's because he's in the spirit world. Yeah. It was because of his passing that really opened the door for him to be a better father, a better supporter, a better guider. Because I've seen moments when he's in my life. He's not all the time in my life, but I know that there are milestones that there's without a doubt, my father is a part of my life. And everybody has those connections and opening up to the spirit world to allow them help us grieve and heal. This particular track opens that doorway to a pathway of peace, but be aware your loved ones are not suffering in the same way. So they'll be more supportive in a way that maybe they weren't even on this side. Yeah. My, my, my father has come through many times uh, through, through mediums and say, saying to him, to me, because I know he's helped me through this whole journey. Uh, I don't think I'd be doing what I uh, did today if not for him, not just because he was the catalyst right? Um, for me wondering about the afterlife, but he's helped me on the other side. And he has specifically said through mediums, uh, I am able to help you in ways now that I never was when I was alive uh, in the physical form. And and this is true for every one of you who are listening out there. Your loved ones in spirit are doing the same thing. Don't put them in a box as to that the same person that they were when they were alive in, in physical. Now they're alive in spirit and they've changed a little bit. They can see a bigger picture and they have great automatic. What's the word for it? You know, there's an intelligence to them that wasn't capable or we weren't attuned to here. Yes. And, 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 and they just automatically, it's like a knee jerk reaction toward love and forgiveness and understanding. So true. And if you think of them in that way, then you can better understand why they're helping you. Some people might be like, no, no, he would never do that for me. No, he would. Yes, they would. I have an uncle that he and I didn't get along. And so, cause I blamed him so much for my dad's problems. And this is pivotal. I'd go to these groups and if he, he showed up, I was like, oh, my God, if he shows up one more time, I couldn't stand this guy because I had pain in my heart. Yeah. And it was such a what I know now is that my dad is happy because him and his brother are connected oh, yeah. and they were together. But he meant to say he was sorry to me, you know, for those things. And it took me a while to open up to receive that because yeah. I, I wanted to. I wanted to hold that perception of him as being the bad guy. Sure. In my mind, because it gave me a way to connect to the grief. And the, again, grief helps us stay connected to our loved ones, but it's not the healthy kind of connection. It is, you know, me staying mad at him for years helped me stay tied to my dad in somewhat of a healthy. So I got tied into the old perspective of who they were. And if I just 
You know, I wasn't ready to forgive until I was ready to forgive. That's right. You know, and I wasn't willing to let my idea of them or my judgment of them grow until I was willing to grow and allow that new opportunity for them to come in my life. And so I can understand why people get stuck in their grief because of a certain situation or a personality trait that they were always that way. And now if I, what happens if I let that go? What happens if I stop being mad at my dad? What happens if I stop feeling guilty? Will I forget him? Yeah. You know, and my answer is no. It, what it does is it opens to the, the, the doorway. We, it's like they're knocking at the door and we finally open up and say, okay, now you can come in. Yeah. Right. And that's part of the whole process in healing grief is we got to go through it. And unfortunately it's different for everybody. Some people, they have grief and it's better in three days. Some people have it so bad that it lasts, you know, 12 years, you know, and some it's so bad they want to die. And I know that I'm one of those people. And what this, if somebody had told me this, you know, when I was a kid, hey, did you know when your, you know, your family member dies that you can still communicate them with them and you haven't lost them? They've just gone before you. If I, if somebody had told me that a long time ago, I might have not been as pain, been in pain as long as I had. And it's just kind of the time. It just, you, you, we see, you know, the spirit world when we're kids, but, you know, we're not supposed to talk about that. You're like, oh, you've lost your mind. You feel crazy. And, you know, I know my, I know somebody's with me, but then you sort of second guessing it. And I'm saying, stop second guessing it. Say hello. You know, one of the most common ways that our loved ones have stepped near us is we may say things that our loved ones would have said that we wouldn't have ever said. And when you hear yourself, like say what your mom said, you go, Oh, Hey mom, that's you. I know you've just stepped into my circle and I'm glad you're here. Hello. And I love you. That's beautiful. Right. And so everybody's always looking for that physical way. Yeah. Jennifer, you can, you know, I'm talking to the spirit world and I've released my grief, but how do I know they're there? And it is subtle. It's not the physical. You can't hug them the same way, but make no mistake. Their energy is present through songs and music, through leaving um, different messages. You feel them, you know, for me, I always feel them when I'm in a quiet space. Mm-hmm when I'm not distracted by the outside world. And it can be just simply sitting at my computer and I feel somebody sort of step in, you know, next to me. Yeah. So um, with, the, with the track, I like to say, people, give it a chance. You know, some of you may have a great, like, wow, oh my God, I saw my grandmother and that was her and thank you. And then now I'm at peace. And But some of us, that the way that our loved ones connect to us Going forward may be a little different, but it's very special and unique for everyone. It could be you don't feel or sense anything for a week or two. And it doesn't, don't, don't give up because if you're open, they want to come in. Well, I always say that I went through these three stages. I went from, from skepticism to believing to knowing. And I talk about knowing as that sacred understanding. It's like, you know, something at either like a cellular or a soul level to the point where you know it's true, it's true for you, you don't care if it's true for anyone else, you don't even care if anybody else believes you because it's yours. Correct. And, but I also, and I said this uh, a couple of shows ago and people really picked up on it, which I loved, is that knowing is a process and not an event. And you used the word process a few minutes ago. And so be patient with yourself. If you're not there yet, that's okay. You'll get there. You're listening to this show for a reason. You're reading the books you're reading for a reason. You're doing all the things that you're doing for a reason. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. It's not an event. And so just be patient with yourself and allow yourself to be wherever you're at. Because luckily I was with myself. Otherwise, I would have beat myself up a million times. I was very stubborn. I was very skeptical. You know, I was a pain in the butt. I think you call that hard-headed. Yeah, hard-headed is the word I was looking for. (laughs) You know, and just to kind of piggyback on that, remember, it's kind of like leaving a voicemail. You know, everybody talks to people today and how many times you actually somebody pick up a phone, you actually end up leaving a voicemail. So what are you going to do? You got to wait for them to call you back. And so this meditation is somewhat like a prayer into the spirit world, but also I'm leaving a voicemail. 
I'm leaving a voicemail and I'm, and I'm waiting for that call back. And so sometimes they pick up during the call and sometimes you have to wait for them to call you back. And sometimes you have to call them back. Well, that's right. You know, people can listen to this uh, particular uh, program and, and the digital program that you created. And there's a point where you, you open them up to getting, receiving a message from their loved one and spirit. Look, if you don't get it the first time, you might get it on the third time or the fifth time. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you're working your way towards that. And when you have what I love about it, I hope I can keep the one that you gave me. Uh, yes. I put you on the spot here. Yes, on the of course app. you can. <laughs> um, because it's one of those things that you can just go back to whenever you feel like it. Yes. One for me, it just calms me. I love that. Um, but in that calm state, I'm more open to receiving those messages and uh, where I, I just don't get them the way you get them, the way other you know mediums get them. I don't get them in my day-to-day life. It would require something like that. But I also know it's not going to happen every time. My mind is very busy and it's hard for me to quiet it. If I just am able to quiet it, fantastic. If one of those days I also receive a message or have some kind of uh, experience while I'm, while I'm doing it, wow, that's just a gift that I'll never forget. I remember every single one that I've had. So one last thing. So we're just going to say people, uh, jenniferfarmer.com. All the links are going to be in the show notes. Uh, a link about the article that I wrote about my reading with you eight wow. some odd years ago. Yes. Um, will be down there as well. Anything else you want to tell people about? You know, I've, um, my hope is that if you have a friend that's grieving and you don't know what to say, because, you know, some people don't know how to handle people's pain, you know, when they seem like, what do you say to somebody who's lost a loved one yeah. or a child or, you know, somebody committed suicide and you're like, I don't know what to say. I don't want to bring up anything bad. You know, this is a tool that if you want to give them something that maybe they're usually now or later, it's something that you can give as a gift yeah. that, hey, you know, be open, your loved ones are with you. And it might just be that comment because we want to be supported on this side. But remember, we are not alone in being supported. We have a, you know, a world beyond our physical eye that is waiting to help and hold our hand and guide us through how to learn how to live again on this side with them in spirit. That's beautiful. Beautiful note to end on. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you so much, Bob. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. All right. All right. Bye. Well, that does it for another Afterlife TV episode. Again, you can find us at afterlifetv.com. Let's thank our sponsors, Best Psychic Directory, where they list over 800 psychics and mediums who have been carefully vetted right there at bestpsychicdirectory.com. And don't forget that if you want to be notified about the release of my new book that I wrote and talked about at the beginning of the show, be sure to sign up for the Afterlife TV newsletter and you'll be one of the first to find out when that book is coming out and how you can get a hold of it. And you can find that in the show notes where you can sign up for the newsletter. Anywhere on Afterlife TV, you'll see it. Also, special thanks to Jennifer Farmer for joining us. Yes, it's been a long time since I've done an interview here. And honestly, I really enjoyed it. So uh, I know that I'll be doing more. I've already done, uh, let's see, one, at least one. And I have one scheduled Does that mean I'm going to keep doing them? I don't know. I think I'm going to be switching back and forth because it's fun to have the variety. And I like the interaction with other people. I also like to share some very special people with you, people that I think are extraordinary and you ought to know more about. Certainly get yourself a copy of Jennifer Farmer's CD or MP3 on healing grief. It's the healing grief meditation that we talked about. I did it myself. I really enjoyed it. And I'm not just saying that. I love guided meditation. That's what it is. And I came out from my office after having done that. And I was just in sort of an altered state myself. I was very, very relaxed, very calm. And I had some cool experiences while doing it. Also, you can get an intuitive or mediumship reading with Jennifer Farmer 
If you want to read about the reading that I had with Jennifer, it was an intuitive reading and it was extraordinary. And I think you should read about it so you can see what it might be like for you. Again, I had an intuitive reading, not a mediumship reading, but if that's something you're interested in, certainly check that out. And again, the link to that article that I wrote about my reading will be in the show notes. So finally, I want to leave you with one thought that we sort of talked about at the beginning of the show, which is just be more playful. I think I talked about it in another episode last spring. It's an important message. The, the great thing about being playful in your life is that not only is it good for your health, it's really good for your health. It, 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 it's been shown to boost your immune system, reduce stress levels. It's also great for inspiration to help you be more creative. That's what it did for me. And that's what the lesson was for me with this last book. So I highly recommend it. The other thing about being playful, especially at this time of year, is that it's great for relationships, right? Sometimes we just sit around the table and we talk, talk, talk. And sometimes that leads into sort of heavy conversation that you really don't want to be having when it's supposed to be a joyful time of year. And one of the best things we can do is just play. Does that mean pull out the old boxes of games, <laughs> pull out a deck of cards, just play with the kids that are around? That certainly does it for me. I love to play with the kids. Uh, they make me feel younger because I'm feeding off of their youth. And we all laugh and giggle and have a good time. So that's what I recommend for you. Uh, finally, just enjoy the holidays. If I'm not back, I'm hoping that I will, but... It is a very busy time, and I realize it's already pretty late into the month. So if I don't get back with another show, let me just say happy holidays to you. I wish you joy and blessings for Christmas, Hanukkah, and New Year's Eve. That's all for another fantastic Afterlife TV episode. Bob couldn't be happier. If you enjoyed this episode as much as Bob, please leave a comment on AfterlifeTV.com, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. And don't forget to check out Bob's book, Answers About the Afterlife. Thanks for watching Afterlife TV.